This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club I don't think that's how kissing works. Jack Shepard, he's got a kissably smooth voice. A lot of people are saying that Jack Shepard has a kissably smooth voice. Kissably smooth voice, Jack Shepard. That's what they say. I read this book that we're discussing today, Mm -hmm. Babysitter's Club number 84, Dawn in the School Spirit War, uh, four days ago. Oh, so you don't remember anything. Nothing. And then someone... Yeah. Cyril... Cyril, I'm looking at you, buddy. Caused us to cancel our record the other night. Someone had a bad day. Cyril. Cyril. The thing about fatherhood, Tanner, yep. that they never tell you is that every day is a beautiful gift. Uh-huh. Because every day uh, at that age, the newborn age, they learn a new a new thing. Like everything is new to them. And uh, Cyril learned how to uh, projectile shit all over our stuff. Here's here's what confuses me about that. <laughs> Doesn't he wear some kind of protective covering to prevent the shit from projectiling? Exactly. That's why Cyril's good at a thing and you're not good at it. He waits until you take the covering off. And then he just goes to town. And then he goes to town. It's like safety's off, motherfuckers. Yeah. 360 no scope. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what we did instead of recording. Well, that sounds like fun, man. Here's the thing they don't tell you about not being a father. I never have to clean up shit. <laughs> I have to clean up my dog shit every now and then, but that's fairly compact and yeah. easy to deal with. Does your dog cry while he shits? No. <laughs> he maintains hard eye contact with me. <laughs> Cyril does both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, daddy talk. Anyway, Baby Nation, now this is a fatherhood podcast where yeah. two cool dads talk about how one of them is a dad and one of them's not. Yeah, tons of fun. Uh, but w- what it's not is is what you just described. What it is is a podcast where we talk about some books. Do you want to dive right into it? Talking about one book in particular, Babysitter's Club, number 84, Dawn, and the school, Spirit War. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club. Club. A podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I'm Tanner Greenring. Sorry. A podcast in which I'm Jack Shepard, and I'm Tanner Greenring, <laughs> and in which we both discuss the <laughs> classic novels of Princeton's own Princess Annabelle Matthews Martin, Sanctified, Stormborn, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bats, first of her name, last of her kind, Last Hope for humankind. Uh, Specifically, we discuss her great sitter's cycle, book by book, week by week. And this week, we are on the book, as Tanner has already mentioned, Dawn. And the school... Dawn? Oh, boy. (laughs) No, Dawn. Uh I know it was four days ago that you read this, but... I don't remember a character... It's been four days. I don't remember a character named Dong. (laughs) Dawn and the school spirit war. Uh, it was a good book. Fine. I liked it. I thought it you was good. You know me. Jack, you know me. Yeah. You know I'm a Suzanne man. And I'm a Waniac. Um, yeah, I know you. I know you're a Waniac. And what's more, I think we are both insane in the membrane. Yeah. Insane in the brain. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was fine. You know, I wasn't writing the nobel prize committee about this one here's the thing about it and 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 let's not malign suzanne wayne here she's a great great ghost writer and uh she's responsible for some of the great texts of our time um certainly in the american canon um this book i think is among those i think it's a very very good book i think it's very well written i think the characters are strong and the plot is is powerful and meaningful but it's hard to like a book when the babysitters are all fucking fighting with each other. Yeah, I don't like it. And like I didn't like the way the babysitters were in this book. 
You know, they were all being cruel to one another. They were all being bad. Maybe only Marianne comes out. No, Marianne was being, uh, I, I believe, uh, to to use a term of the alt-right community. Mm-hmm. No, let's not, though. Marianne was being a snowflake. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> she was being a snowflake this week. Yeah. A lot of the school spirit war could have been avoided if Marianne had been a teensy bit cooler about, like, pajama day. Yeah, sure. If Marianne had been a teensy bit cooler of being forced into coming to school in her underpants in front of all her classmates. In her pajamas. It's very different. I don't know how you sleep. In uh, my underpants. (laughs) Okay. Well, Uncle Daddy over here sleeps in the buff, so pajama yikes yeah is she did you have these kind of events growing up in school you went to an all boys school i went to an all boys school i'll tell you what we had we had a thing that was called tag day uh which was uh one friday every month and on tag day you could come in and for the price of three dollars um you could wear normal clothes oh because you wore uniforms yeah, and so we would pay $3 to wear, like, jeans and T-shirts and see each other That's cool. as we were in nature. God, I bet you, like, spend months cultivating <laughs> that look. Like, which Damn Motley right. Crew T-shirt am I going to wear? <laughs> These jinkos aren't big enough! Yeah! Mom! <laughs> Mom! Mom! I need 32-inch inseam! <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, we didn't have anything quite like uh, Spirit Month, and Pajama Day would have been weird in an all-boys school for some reason. I don't know why. That's normative. It would have been fine. <laughs> Who's the snowflake now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tanner, do you want to describe this book? Um, just trying to think if there's anything I want to do to derail the conversation before we get too far I'll in. Tell you what we can do. We could do a little housekeeping. Oh, yeah. I would love that. I would love okay. that. Good. Um, What do you got for me this week? Well, I've got two things for you this week, Tanner. First of all, uh, everybody should uh, stick around until after the outro music of this episode, because instead of our normal outtake, we're going to be debuting the hot new single from Babysitter's Club themed band Super Brat. So uh, I'm I'm calling that a world premiere. Uh, So you should check that out. Uh, And the second thing that I have for you this week is the hottest new internet web portal in cyberspace. Uh Uh-huh. I'm listening. Um, All the teens these days are going online and uh, surfing the information superhighway. And there are a lot of highways and byways, as we know, some of them weird, some of them bad. But you're, you're talking place. a lot of a lot of fun language. Yeah. <laughs> but there's one little rest stop along that highway uh, where the good people go to have a good time. And that place, that little rest stop, is the Baby Nation Facebook group. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Someone stole our IP. <laughs> yeah, someone stole our intellectual property. And this is our official announcement that we are going to sue them into next <laughs> yeah. fucking year. We're collecting signatures. No, Baby Nation, there's a Facebook group. We started it. We kicked it off. Saw, saw a little button on Facebook you could press to start a group. Didn't think much was going to come of it. And all of a sudden, it's like if you build it, they will come. Right. It's a wonderful little world. It's a magical place on the internet where you can interact with not only me, Tanner Greenring. And, and I'm Jack Shepard. Jack Shepard. Good. You did it. <laughs> but also, you can interact with your fellow... Baby bees. Ba- baby knots. Baby knots. bees. We've got, we've baby got bees. it. We literally have a thing for it. Uh, you can start little fun conversations about how many holes you have in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get podcast recommendations. You can talk about your favorite jokes that I've made. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very fun and welcoming and loving place. Uh, I've already learned a lot, despite being America's foremost babysitters club expert. Um, I learned something I didn't know, uh, thanks to a posting by Baby B Jennifer. There's, do you catch this, Tanner? No. There's a man, a shadowy figure behind all of this, deep in the scholastic basements, 
called David Leviathan. You're telling me that there's a man called the Leviathan yes. lurking in the shadowy basements of Scholastic? Lurking in the shadow. I'm not fucking kidding you. Lurking in the shadowy basements of Scholastic. And his job, according to Baby B. Jennifer, is to keep the babysitter's Bible. The official one or, or Pete's? I mean, I'm sure Pete has his own. Do you think there's a lot of conflicts between the official BSC Bible and... God, Jack, I was going to make a joke about Pete's Bible versus this guy's, but all I want in in the world yeah. is just a peek at that Bible. Oh, that's all I want. I want to go down in like the dusty tomes underneath Scholastic, and it's dark, and there's just stacks of books everywhere, and it's like, hello, hello, hello? <laughs> and you just hear this rumble. And, and seekers like, after this Bible know that everybody who has ever looked at it has gone raving mad. Yeah. Just, no one comes out of the scholastic basement the same as when they went down. But people still go looking for it. When you've peered into the maw of the Leviathan, <laughs> you come out changed. Yeah. But still, it's just so tempting. Oh, it's so tempting. There is no way I would be able to resist having a look at the Leviathan's great book. <laughs> <laughs> the Leviathan asks you three riddles when you get down there. <laughs> What's the name of Jamie Newton's mom? Uh, never stayed in the text, maybe. Actually, don't know. Mrs. Newton. But I bet that's fucking in there. That's the kind of shit you can find out. What's the name of Jamie Newton's dog? Chewy. Chewy. Chewbacca. Yeah, nailed it. They might not be Jamie Newton's dog. We gotta study up. If we're gonna go down into that basement, Tanner, I right. we need to fucking study up. Because I don't want to go down there and, and be asked the three riddles and... Yeah. Come up short. It's like, drink from the cup that Christie drank from. <laughs> yeah. And he presents us with three cups. Like, one's very ornate. You know, one's very big. Another one is has a b- baseball bat on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one is a veiled lesbian. <laughs> Great. Um, okay, well, I managed to derail myself, Tanner. Baby Nation, we'll, um, when this episode goes out, We'll post a link on Facebook and Twitter to the the new group, uh, or you can just search on Facebook, Baby Nation. It's exclusive. If you want to get in it, you have to answer three riddles. It is a closed group, so you do have to ask for admission, and either my my wife, Jamie, will let Mm -hmm. you in, or Jack will, or I will. Yep. Um, Or we won't. So we'll, or we won't, right. Yeah. Those are the four possibilities. Did you see the very good photo I posted in they one of the baby bees wanted to uh dreamcast uh babysitters club club movie very sensible this is the kind of talent that we're working with inside that group it's a very exclusive group that is a very smart thing to post right they're like i well, if there if there was a babysitters club club movie if there were if there were thank you uh who would play Jack and who would play Tanner a lot of names are getting tossed around. A lot of people thought Matthew Fox could really capture the Jack Shepard spirit. Um, uh, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I threw out the name Vincent. What's his name? Vincent Carth- Carthizer. 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 Yep. A man who bears a hauntingly uncanny resemblance to you. Uh, Connor on the hit show Angel. And or man's Pete. name on the hit show Madman. <laughs> Pete, Pete Campbell. Pete, Pete Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and for myself, I was getting a lot of Jason Siegel from the crowd, um, a, lot a, lot of, of, a lot of Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not as handsome or as thin as either of those men, uh, so I threw uh, Seth Rogen out for myself. Which I think if this actually does come to fruition, oh, I've gotten I've, studios are interested. Good. Well, I've gotten it, some feedback. In that case. When this does come to fruition, there are going to be a lot of non-listeners to this podcast, but but fans of the Babysitter's Club series, who are going to be super surprised that the film uh, features as its two stars, um, Vincent Carthizer playing a man named Jack Shepard and Chris Pratt playing a man named Tanner Greenring. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Pratt's going to have to pack on the pounds again, though. Yeah. Like, I know he got very, like, thin and ripped up for Guardians of the Galaxy, but, like, yeah. I need that chubby Chris Pratt back. <laughs> um, good. Well, I'm looking forward to that property. Um, in the meantime, we have a job to do, sir. I'm listening. Good. You hooked me, Jack. Now reel me in, buddy. I'm going to. 
My plan for tonight, for you and me, uh-huh. begins with... It's a Friday night. We're feeling a little randy. We're feeling a little Friday rowdy. Both- Super Mario Odyssey just came out, and all yep. I want to be doing in the world is playing that. But, but here first, I am with you. We're going to do something a little naughty. I'm going to describe this book. And then... No. Jack, we know we do that every week. Then I'm going to have you describe it. Yeah, we do that every week, too. I thought this was going to be... I thought we were, like, getting a little randy. Well, <laughs> we can get a little randy after we've done our fucking job, which is to describe this book twice. <laughs> Fine. Um, do you want to go first or second? Yeah, I want to go first. You? Okay. And and will. Um, why don't I begin now, if there's nothing to stop me? Okay, Tanner's... Nothing on this end of the line. Tanner's giving me the high sign. I'm going to describe this book now let me count you in no five four three he did those he, he did the other ones like they do in the movies um where he just showed me his fingers counting three two one uh forgetting i think that it's an audio medium so that's not gonna that's not gonna let play. me count you in let me count you in right, I, you didn't me, pick count, up on my right. on my count in ready right. five four three he's saying two he's saying one now and now i'm gonna start It's not clear how the spirit war began, or even when. The only thing Dawn Schaefer knows is that she can't remember a time before it started. A time before the spirited and the anti-spirits were locked in battle one against the other. A time before friends turned against each other. Before brothers fought with brothers. Before lovers took sides and watched their affection curdle into hate. A time before the food riots. And now, in this time of rage, Dawn Schaefer, once a woman of peace, has become a warrior. In this time of hatred, Dawn Schaefer, once a woman of empathy and understanding, has become a fanatic. A fanatic who sees only two kinds of people. Those who have been taken by the spirit, and those who fight against it. It's not clear how the spirit war began, or even when. The only thing Dawn Schaefer knows is that she's going to be the one to end it. Dawn and the school spirit war. Yeah. Captivating. Thank you. <laughs> I got the sense that you actually were a little captivated there. That's nice. Thank you. I'll you, um, I actually was paying attention that time because you were using very explosive language. <laughs> it enthralled me. When you talked about the food riots, I was like, there were no... Wait. There was. There were food riots in this book. There's a massive food riot in the cafeteria. Yeah. Shit got out of hand in this book. Shit got out of hand. Sister turned on sister. Brother turned on brother. The the architect of all chaos was dancing in the eye of the storm, Alan Gray. Oh, yeah. What a man. And we just had to bear witness to it all through this magical window we call the written word yeah unable to pick a side unable to influence anyone in either direction everyone was being a real dingleberry and if i could have just (laughs) hopped into this book and been like christy not everyone likes going to school in their underwear cool it yeah fucking knock it off i would have done so but like logan it's not all about your dumb fucking baseball team dude oh poor sweet logan he was just like (laughs) I really identified with Logan because like, everyone is fighting and everyone yeah. is like pissed off about spirit war and like <laughs> Logan's just like guys uh, let's remember f- the reason for the season it's that yeah. my baseball team is undefeated yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like shut up Logan <laughs> Marianne wear your underwear to school <laughs> well that's as good of an intro as we're gonna get to describing this book by you uh I, I read it so long ago. It's just nothing stuck, man. I don't know. It sounds like you're talking about a lot of stuff that happened. Uh, and it's a, it's a book that's... Baby Nation, the, the babysitters all fight. Jesse on Mallory crime this week. Oh, can you believe it, Baby Nation? Oh, Those it two? hurt me so Those much. Those two? Ugh. Dawn on Claudia crime. Dawn on Claudia crime. Christy on Marianne crime. Shannon on nobody crime because Shannon goes to a different school. 
Yeah, Shannon's only comment this week. She seemed a little lost. Uh, echoing the, <laughs> all the readers of this book was, well, I'm glad this doesn't happen at my school. I'll tell you another one, man. Yeah. What's Don's mom's name? Uh, Sharon Porter. Sharon Porter on Mrs. Sherwood crime. Oh, boy. Mom against mom. Yeah. Baby Nation, this week it was mom versus mom. Right. In the school spirit war. It erupts past the boundaries of Stony Brook Middle School, and the parents of Stony Brook start getting at one another's throats over this school spirit war. Yeah. Do you want to gift us with the passage? Mr. Bruno was speaking. He said his son had worked hard, as has his teammates, and that everyone seemed to be forgetting that school spirit month was originated to support the sms baseball team i love that the whole bruno family is like on board with this shit like guys (laughs) guys like we're really losing sight of why we're doing this it's the baseball team that i'm on mr prezioso is in the back like yeah (laughs) the team is being divided and demoralized by this all this hubbub he said it's breaking down team morale completely. Eventually, that's going to have an effect on their game. Blame Don Schaefer and Mary Ann Spear for that, shouted Mary Sherwood's mother. Yep. Instantly, Mom was on her feet. Now hold on, she said to Mrs. Sherwood. All these other people agree with my daughters. Don't you single them out. Do you think what your girls did was right? Yes, I do. I'm proud of them. There was a ripple of applause. If you're proud, then you're not fit to be a mother, Mrs. Sherwood cried. Mrs. Pike jumped to her feet. Cindy, I think that's too harsh, that she told Mrs. Sherwood. I'm proud of my daughter and Marianne and Don, and I certainly don't consider myself to be an unfit mother. Well, then you're both crazy, said Mrs. Sherwood. And this is all being fucking filmed for the, like, Stony Brook News at 10. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, the fucking Stanford News is there. Yeah. Jesus. Um, I think from my offensive impersonation of Mrs. Sherwood, yeah. that should be an indication of, of the side I come down on in this debate. Yeah, I think we're both Porter heads. Yeah, we're both Porter heads. Fuck you, Cindy Sherwood. You're my Fuck least you. favorite character in these novels. Yeah. <laughs> Um, hey Tanner, uh, why don't you I would love to? I'm gonna go grab a beer first. Okay, fine. I'll hit pause. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Tanner, I would like for you now, within sixty seconds, to describe what happened in this novel. Are you ready to do that, sir? Earth seconds. Earth seconds. Huh. Daylight savings time in effect or no? Uh, yes. It is. Yeah. Okay. Still, still 60. Okay. Yeah, I think I can do it. It's been a long time since I read this book. Ooh, I almost set the timer for 60 minutes. That was going to work in your favor. Can you imagine? (laughs) No, I would hate it. We should do a bonus episode where I get 60 minutes to describe (laughs) the book. Uh, maybe you'd get it all in for once. Yeah, maybe. All right. I would put 60 seconds on this big bag clock that I have here, and during those 60 seconds, I would like for you to describe this book. I'm going to begin right now. Okay, Baby Nation, it is uh, Spirit Month at Stony Brook Middle School. Uh, There is a new sort of fun event for all the kids to participate in every day. Uh, They include things like clean up up the school day and like dress like an old-timey person day. Um, One of them is dress like... Dress in your pajamas day, which quiet, shy Marianne Spear cannot even handle the thought of and has a panic attack and kind of whips up Dawn, who's like a social justice warrior, like fighting for the little man kind of person. So Dawn immediately turns on Spirit Day and says, this is dumb. Let's not do this. She forgets to wear yellow on wear yellow to school day and everyone gives her shit. And she's like, fuck this. This sucks. I hate Spirit Day. Petition time. They send around a petition. Half the school signs it. There's a big fight between whether or not there should be spirit month anymore. Eventually, it's canceled. Everyone gets pissed and starts fighting one another, and they say, okay, it's strictly voluntary. And time. Was there uh, a B-plot? Yeah, the B-plot is that the DeWitts and the uh, oh, right. Barretts are, um, th- their house is too small. 
Their house is too small. They need to either move yeah. or, well, we'll see. <laughs> Build an addition. Um, well, there's something about the house. It sounds like you don't remember the B-plot, but there was definitely some weird shit about the house. Um, they repeatedly say, the house is driving me crazy. The house is driving me crazy. Mm. Mrs. Barrett and Mr. DeWitt. Maybe it's the spirits from the spirit war that were causing this house to drive them crazy. But it seems like something is wrong with the house. How do you say blood in French? Sang, sangui? Sang, sang. Sang? Why? Nothing. Not important. Well, that's a weird thing to ask somebody. Okay. Carry on. Let's talk about the spirit war. I think, as is always the case... How do you say house in French? Maison. Maison. Sin. Love the scene. Sang. Um, can, I, can I continue to talk about the spirit war, Tanner? M- maison. <laughs> uh, welcome to Elementary French with Tanner Greenring, a podcast in which Tanner occasionally participates... Um, and in which Jack Shepard carries the weight. Le, le, le maison, le maison, qui, oh, yeah. qui, what, yeah. Que? Yeah. qui, yeah. Sang. The, the house that blood. The house that bleeds. De sans quantan. Excuse me? Le maison qui sang de sans quantan. Qui sagne. Sagne. Le maison qui saigne de Saint-Quentin of Saint-Quentin of Saint-Quentin okay now that you've fully got us off the rails here would you like to uh, explain what you just did there buddy um, there's a house in um, Saint-Quentin a village of France mm-hmm. where it's too small and the, ho- and the walls bleed and it just reminded me of sort of the DeWitt Barrett household um, can I level a um, a short criticism in your direction? Yeah. Uh, remember when I was talking about how there was something going on with the house? Right. And you left me hanging so that you could figure out how to say that there is a house that bleeds in French? Right. You know what might have been more natural? Saying it in English. The house that bleeds in English, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then we could have talked about it. Anyway, all the walls bleed in this house, and no one could figure yeah. out why, and there was all these ghostly sounds, and eventually an exorcist came in and said, oh, this house is possessed by a demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suggest we tear it down. They did. They found the, the, the bodies of 50 executed German soldiers from World War I buried underneath the house. Wow. So do you think that's what happened in the case of the Barretts and the DeWitts? I suspect that that's what happened with the Barrett-DeWitt household as well. Thank you. Good. It's driving them crazy. It's driving them crazy, crazy, and it makes sense that this house, this B-plot that otherwise doesn't make sense, that otherwise feels generic, is ground zero for the spirit war. Right, and I think it's probably that there's 50 World War I German soldiers buried underneath that house for some reason. But they're not going to move. Not all Franklin. <laughs> nope. <laughs> they're just going to build an extension. Jack Shepard. Yeah. I am a little proud of myself this week. Okay. You and I have joked about how I've always said Franklin DeWitt is an architect, and there's no bearing in reality for that. Yeah. Franklin DeWitt is an architect. <laughs> oh, he's building an extension on his house. Yeah. Just then, Franklin came out onto the small deck. He smiled at Christy, then turned to Mrs. DeWitt. Have you seen the plans I drew up for the addition? I thought you left them on the living room end table, she said. Wow. I did, but now they're not there. I didn't catch that. Baby Nation, uh, the only evidence that we have that Franklin DeWitt is an architect, apart from this, uh, but in prior books, the only evidence that we have that Franklin DeWitt is an architect is that Tanner thinks that's a good name for an architect. <laughs> well done, sir. You got a and real eye for an architect. I manifested that. Wow. Um, well, it's going to be the greatest challenge that any architect has ever faced to figure out where he can find enough bodies of World War II soldiers to fill up his World War edition. I. World War I, World even War- more difficult. 
Yeah, even even harder. <laughs> Take that to your architect's convention. Because <laughs> you want it to be in the same style as the original house, you know? Otherwise, that's right. very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good. All right. So this house, we think, is ground zero for the spirit war. I want to talk more about the spirit war itself. Um, I felt, reading this book, that there are a few possible meanings and a few possible interpretations of what the spirit war might be. One, as we know, the obvious one, I think, Dawn books are exclusively about Dawn's relationship with God, um, about mm-hmm. Dawn's r- religious sensibilities. Um, about I agree with that, the- despite the fact that my co-host has not done a very good job in maintaining that narrative. But yes, they are about the journey of Dawn's faith. We know this from from countless titles, Dawn and the Impossible Three is about her struggle with the Holy Trinity. The Ghost at Dawn's House is about her relationship with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, no, you did and a here, really good job of that for four or five books. I'm not going to hit it every single time. This book, though, it's front and center, right? This is a book in which Dawn turns away from the spirit. Um, I understand what you're saying. Right. It is a book about apostasy. It is a book about Dawn's losing her faith. She is presented very clearly with an opportunity to embrace the spirit by the flawed institution of her school, and she turns away. Um, And I think that this is a manifestation of something that is upset within Dawn. She is having a turmoil of the spirit, as we say. Um, And this is— No one says that. You said, as we say, no one says that. (laughs) That's a term you invented. Well, maybe we'll start now. It sounds good, doesn't it? She's having a turmoil of the spirit. She's being faced. She is being faced with this choice, Tanner. Embrace the spirit or turn away. All right, so that's one possible meaning of the spirit war. I think the actual meaning of the spirit war is surface level. Do you think that There's it's... There's a war between the spirits. Right. The faction of the spirits have risen up. And I think these things are probably tied together, right? The Babysitter's Club is falling apart at the seams. Stacy's out. She's gone. Right. Um, Very few mentions of Stacy this week. Dawn is confused. She's not happy. She doesn't like Stony Brook weather. She's having a crisis of faith. There's a scene in Chapter 2 where Dawn's like... Even though she's not in the group anymore, I feel like I should tell you about Stacy. It's like, Don, no. We're okay. Like, we're we done. just really don't. Yeah. We don't need to hear about Stacy. No need. Um, it worries me. It makes me feel like Anne's going to try to sneak Stacy back into the group at some point. I highly doubt it. Not after all yeah. the work she's done to get rid of her. Um, right. But so the seven babysitters are falling apart, right? And they're the only thing in their oneness that protects Stony Brook from these external forces that are arrayed against it to destroy it. So it's not an accident, I think, right. that the spirit war should happen now. Well, and we've been talking a long time about how in the Great Faction War, the dolls have been making a lot of headway. Yeah. And now the spirits have decided to kind of rise up and, and reclaim some of their former glory in, in the Great Spirit War. Right. But then, Jack, there was this character... Who was like a whirlwind right in the middle. Yeah, our boy. He didn't take a side either direction. He was right in that gray area. Yep. His one job was just to sort of like stir this tide of chaos <laughs> and just like whip up this frenzy wherever he went. And that was Alan Gray, who gets, I like swear to God, like 10 mentions in this book. It, it starts with Dawn when she fails to wear yellow for right. the eighth grade yellow wearing school spirit part. He, he meets her before she goes into the school and he's like, oh, looks like you forgot to wear yellow. Right. And then later on in the book, there it's a very tense scene where everyone's just about to start fighting and Alan Gray, they're all in like the cafeteria together and Alan Gray comes in and like just dumps a full plate of spaghetti on Dawn and, like, starts this big food fight. Well, Tanner, I'm glad you mentioned that because that this week is mine. (gasps) (laughs) Um, Can I just read that passage? Yeah. Because the bird is not 
Alan Gray dumping spaghetti and meatballs all over Dawn. It's how he handles it. (laughs) I was about to turn my attention back to Claudia when I noticed a bunch of kids wearing large round paper buttons saying, Support Spirit Month! They made sure to glare at me as they went by. I was still looking at them when suddenly I was covered with something wet and gooey. I jumped up and saw that it was spaghetti and meat sauce, which was on the hot lunch menu that day. Whirling around, I found myself face-to-face with Alan Gray. Oops, I forgot, he smirked. You're a vegetarian, aren't you, Don? (laughs) (laughs) That's nice of him, though. Yeah, no, that is thoughtful. He's like, I would have dumped the spaghetti on you either way, but had I remembered that you were a vegetarian, I would have obviously done vegetarian. (laughs) tomato sauce and i apologize <laughs> god i for a second i worried that i didn't capture one i've got a but then bunch. i saw a note in my notes that said fucking roasted marianne <laughs> i want to hear that the next day was april 1st besides being april fool's day it was the kickoff of school spirit month during homeroom the assistant principal mr kingbridge announced over the pa system that Spirit Month had been canceled due to lack of interest. Marianne smiled and sat forward happily in her desk. Then Mr. Kingbridge cried out, April Fools! <laughs> and Marianne slumped back in her seat. <laughs> <laughs> Marianne, Vivian Nation, I'm not sure we've hit this hard enough. Marianne has a prominent role in this novel, but she only does one thing. Right. <laughs> and throughout the entirety of this text... Every time, like, the camera turns to Marianne, she's crying about Pajama Day. Right. Like, she like she doesn't seem to give a shit about any of the rest of School Spirit Month. Yeah. And, in fact, wants to support her boyfriend, Logan. No, it, like, Logan keeps on being like, hey, um, our baseball team, once again, pulled one out. We're still undefeated. We're, it looks like we're going to go to states. Uh, really excited that we're doing a spirit month to support me and my baseball team and our achievements. And Marianne is like, they're going to make me wear my pajamas to school. (laughs) (laughs) Marianne frets about this for a month straight. She will not stop. She will not stop. Like Dawn gets like victimized and bullied. They like glue her locker shut. Alan Gray pours meat spaghetti all over her. She's on the fucking news and like the newscaster like maligns her it's like it's like her. stony brooks fox news yeah where like the newscaster is like it looks like one person doesn't have the school patriotism necessary to wear the all yellow <laughs> on color day um, right and dawn is like had a pretty rough day marianne i understand you're upset about like how badly i've been treated and marianne's like that's not what i'm crying about <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to have to wear pajamas to school. Maybe if I just wear my normal clothes to bed, I'll just say that my normal clothes are my pajamas. Oh, fucking get over it, Marianne. Jesus. Yeah, no, it it really devolves into a battle, and the lines are pretty crisply drawn, like 50-50, like even within the Babysitter's Club. Like, there's only six of them now, right? The line is drawn in between Jesse and Mallory, which is the hardest thing to take. Jesse, so yeah, yeah, let's break this down. Claudia, yeah. Christy, and Jesse pro school spirit are pro school spirit. Claudia's painting Christy a mural. because she's into sports. Claudia because she wants to paint this mural, and Jesse for an unstated reason. Right. Mallory, Marianne, and Dawn are anti school spirit. Right. So Dawn and Marianne sort of like begin this grassroots campaign where they go to the the media and they get sort of a fake news campaign going about like why school spirit is bad and they get emily from stony brooks middle school's newspaper to send around a petition right um and emily says this is just like the civil war with friends divided against one another emily noted as we moved to seats towards the front of the auditorium and i could not agree more Jack, one hundred percent agree. This whole book is so much exact, and I'm I'm happy to hear you agree. And I'm, I'm I want to really dive into this, but okay, this whole book is exactly like Marvel's comic book event, Civil War, <laughs> in which the pro registration superhero registration factions headed up by Iron Man, Tony Stark, okay, do battle against the anti registration movement uh, spearheaded by Steve Rogers, Captain America, right. 
you know, I know, I know you've you're familiar with it, and I know mm-hmm. you have a lot to say on it, and I just kind of want to hear what your thoughts are on that. Um. Well, here's the thing: mutants, Tanner, are a danger to society. And nope, nope. Sorry, you're thinking of House of M. That's a different comic event. Okay. The mutants were involved in this. The X Men kind of took sides as well, but. Here's the thing. This, again, this is a pro-registration versus anti-registration kind of thing. Let me let me take another run at it. Yep. Tanner, there's a reason that he is called Captain America. It's because he is the captain of America. Are we going to listen to the captain of our country, or are we going to ignore him? Yeah, Obviously, he's kind of being a little, uh, little renegade. He thinks that superheroes should... Be able to do whatever they want without He's, any checks, without any balances. The captain of the country. What's preventing another incident like what happened in Jack? Um, the Infinity War. C- Connecticut. Do you remember what kicked off the Civil War, Jack? Um, was it that somebody got their hands on all of the Infinity Stones and uh, Thanos uh, Oh, my God. A- Jack. Yeah. That was the Infinity War. <laughs> Not the Civil War. Fuck. Are you even trying, man? <laughs> Have you even read all the Civil War and all the supplemental texts? <laughs> uh, I'm going to admit, I just had a child and I ha- did not prepare as much as usual for this discussion. <laughs> I am fucking disgusted. Can I tell you what kicked off the Marvel comic event Civil War? Was it that uh, Mary Jane uh, didn't want to wear pajamas to school? The superhero Nitro, okay, who's sorry, super villain Nitro. Mm-hmm. You're gonna bring this back power, to the text, right? Yeah. Okay. Whose power is to explode violently? Mm-hmm. Leveled an entire American city in essentially a nuclear explosion while filming a reality show. Whoa! That American city, Jack. Mm-hmm. Stamford, Connecticut. What? Wait, really? Yeah. That's what kicked off the entire Marvel Civil War. Fucking hell. A town in Connecticut was leveled by irresponsible use of power. So this is a relevant text. I'll admit it to the record. Yeah, that's why Anne brought it up in the book. That, so you think Dawn is Nitro here? <sighs> yeah. Dawn. 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 It's a fucking month where people like do like bake sales and shit like fucking tone it down a notch sure but like jack you know me yeah i certainly do there's nothing i hate more than forced fun Mm-hmm. fair forced fun is the worst it's the fucking pits and that's what it sounds an awful lot like stony brook middle school's spirit month is yeah dress up as your favorite character from the past yeah. fucking alan gray comes in in a toga right middle school is a literal endless nightmare let's not compound it by having to put on a fucking toga well that was uh that was spider-man's stance too really in the civil war yeah no togas no togas i mean yeah in the civil war he decided to finally reveal his identity as peter parker publicly spoiler in sort of a nod to the registration act like yes superheroes should be held accountable and to prove that i will now admit that i am peter parker boy queen's boy Yes. <laughs> um, you did your best. <laughs> we talked a lot about Marvel today, Tanner. Uh, did you catch the other major literary reference at the end of this text? Look through my notes. No. The last line of this text, Tanner, is Dawn, the architect of the spirit war, the leader of the anti-spirit faction. She says, I guess you could say I was filled with school spirit. Does that remind you of anything in particular, Tanner? Um, the Nirvana song smells like teen spirit. Let me read you something. <laughs> Here we are now. Entertain us. <laughs> um, let me read you something. Uh-huh. He gazed up at the enormous face. Forty years it had taken him to learn what kind of smile was hidden beneath the dark mustache. Two gin-scented tears trickled down the sides of his nose. But it was all right. Everything was all right. 
The struggle was finished. He had won the victory over himself. He loved Big Brother. Yeah, 1984. Yeah. George Orwell's classic dystopian novel about resisting national patriotic power. And it ends on a note of despair. He loved Big Brother. Yeah, because he was brainwashed. I guess you could say... I was filled with the school spirit, says Don. Those rats almost ate his head. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> if you haven't read it by now. But Anne is weaving such a delicate tapestry here. To have Don, uh, this avatar of rebellion, of self-expression, of individualism, at the end of the book be filled with school spirit, be, back, be sort of back in line and obedient again. She knows that that's fraught, and that's why I think she sort of allows this obvious resonance with 1984. She's, she's allowing that point to be made, that uh, her authoritarian rule over these women is not without difficulties, not without problems. But then also, we have this secondary meaning, which is Dawn's crisis of faith. And she's filled with the spirit again at the end, um, which is a lovely little way of wrapping these things up. Dawn's back. She's back on the straight and narrow. But also, I I mean, I agree with you, and I I feel that there is that resonance there. But like Dawn is not filled with the school spirit that we were presented at the beginning of this book. She's filled with a new kind of school spirit, a more, a more globalist sense of school spirit, where everyone is in charge of their own destiny, where everyone is able to make a decision on their own, whether they feel they want to participate in the spirit war. It's not forced selective service anymore. It's a brighter vision of tomorrow. It feels pretty wishy-washy to me. Um, they do make up at the end, but uh, I'm I'm not sure that the ties between the babysitters will ever be the same. No, there's still some tension. There's some definite tension at the end there. Do they make up at the end of Civil War? Um, sort of. Uh, Tony Stark sort of inadvertently has Steve Rogers executed by a villain named Crossbones. Oh, dear. Yeah. Well, R.I.P. Captain America. R.I.P. Dawn. R.I.P. Dawn. I just don't think she's long for this world, baby nation. Well, we've already lost Stacy. Anne wouldn't take Dawn away from us, too. She seems unhappy. Not so soon after she gave us Dawn back. All right, you're right. Even even Anne wouldn't do that. Anne does what Anne wants. Yeah. Including Jack this week. Okay. Leaving another crumb in the trail of breadcrumbs Mm -hmm. that week after week we keep following. Okay, tell me more. Dawn and the Spirit War, Anne M. Martin, Scholastic Inc., for April, Pizzanti, and everyone in New Market, Ontario, Canada. Okay. Why is she dedicating novels now? Mm-hmm. This is a new practice. Last right. week it was for Molly Sumner and everyone. Every single fucking person. Wauwatosa. Right. Wisconsin. Mm Mm-hmm. This week, we go a little further north. April Pizzanti. Mm -hmm. And everyone in Newmarket, Ontario, Canada. Pizzanti. Who is April Pizzanti? What is Newmarket, Ontario, Canada? And what do they know? (laughs) Baby Nation, Babysitter's Club Club is now a true crime podcast. Yeah. Because... Anne is leaving these cryptic clues at the beginning of every book. There's a cold case in Newmarket. Should I look up whether or not there are any cold cases in Newmarket? (laughs) Is that that kind of information readily available on the internet? (laughs) Someone called April Pizzanti and every single person in Newmarket, Ontario. Whether they like it or not. Whether they like it or not, is caught up. You're all complicit. Caught up in this web of lies. An interesting note, Jack. Mm. Anne writes, for April Pizzanti and everyone in New Space Market, comma, Space Ontario. Wikipedia says mm-hmm. that New Market, comma, Space Ontario is the name of the town. No space between New and Market. Oh, it's all one word in Wikipedia. Officially, 
This okay. town is called Newmarket. So, Anne is not talking about the well-known and beloved Canadian town, Newmarket, Ontario. She's talking about something that no one has ever heard of. A little-known town, so small that it's not even in Wikipedia, called New Market. And everyone there knows something. Listen to this, Jack. I'm still perusing through the New Market, not the New Market, mm-hmm. but the New Market Wikipedia page. Right. First of all, some notable celebrities. Jim Carrey is from there. Okay. Comedian actor Jim Carrey. Also yep. comedian actor John Candy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of JCs. But listen to this. Newmarket is home to the Newmarket and District Ringette Association. The Newmarket Rays have regional and provincial teams. Home games are at the Magna Center. Ringette is a truly Canadian sport that promotes fun, fitness, and friendship for players of all ages. They've invented some kind of new sport called Ringette that none of us are aware of. I assume you've never heard of Ringette. I certainly haven't. It sounds like a fucking cult. Fun, fitness, and what? Friendship. The three Fs. Yeah, the three Fs all together in one sport? That's fucking dangerous. This is something that only people of Newmarket have awareness of, and this might be the one thing that binds them all together is Ringette. The one Ringette to rule them all. (sighs) The one Ringette to find them. The one Ringette to bring them all and in the darkness bind them. It's hockey, but with rings, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds bad. Canadians, I love you, but leave the, <laughs> leave the sports to us. Just... Let me see. The sport is played on an ice surface primarily by women and girls and requires the use of ice skates. The sport uses a blue ring, and all players, with the exception of goaltenders, use a straight stick. So the thing about ringette is it's hockey, Yeah, but you use a straight stick instead of a hook stick. Mm-hmm. And instead of a puck, it's a ring. Yeah, bad. <laughs> bad job bad job canadians canadians you already had hockey yeah guys let's not you're doing so well you're great you're better than us in a lot of ways but let's not with this stuff well that's a deepening mystery um Anne is taken to these dedications now she wants us to know right we know the when which is june 10th and now we have multiple wares we have wah 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 yep and now we have New Market, a place Wauwatosa. that does Wauwatosa. Wauwatosa. Wisconsin. We have Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, and we have New Market, Ontario. Wauwatosa, and- Wisconsin, a real place. New Market, Ontario. I figured a f- it out. A Here's fiction. what we got to do. We got we to gotta wait, and we need to draw a line through all of these dots on the map. I'm worried we're going to be too late by the time she's mapped it all out, though. Anne knows what she's doing. She has a master plan here. She's waiting for someone to figure it out. Do you want to talk about logical fallacies in the debate scene? Or yes. do you want to wrap it up and get oh. out of here? <laughs> Yes. No, no, no. The first thing. <laughs> yes? Is this a dream? <laughs> There's this big town debate scene where everyone is debating. As we said earlier, it's parents versus parents. Oh, yeah. We've already, Sherwood. We've already witnessed an ad hominem from Cindy yeah, exactly. Sherwin. Yeah. We've got an ad hominem attack from Cindy Sherwin. I was just like, I know that you love debate. You love fallacies. And I was oh. hoping you could sort of like de- delve into this scene and really unpack it for me. Say no more. I'm going to have to pull up the novel, though. Um, Yeah, I got a good one right here, Tanner. You've already found one. It's our friend Katie Shea's father, and it's a real favorite of both of ours. Katie Shea's father. I definitely, definitely love, I definitely have favorite sort of debate fallacies. Yeah, you damn right do. Here's what Katie Shea's father says, and this guy's just as bad as his dumb daughter. Sorry, sorry, Katie. She's Jingleberry. She's 14. But listen, Katie Shea's father stood up first and said that if kids couldn't even obey the rules of Spirit Month, and this is the question, right? The question is, should you or should you not obey the rules of Spirit Month, right? Fall in line. He said that if kids couldn't even obey the rules of Spirit Month, then how did the school expect to maintain any kind of order? Some things you have to do 
because you're told to do them. Period. End of story, he said. You know what he's doing there, right, Tanner? He's begging the fucking question. Oh, boy. <laughs> he's begging the question. He is using... So what you mean is he's asking the question? Is that the... Don't, don't bait me. He is using the conclusion that he is trying to prove that you should follow the rules of Spirit Month as the premise for his argument. That's what begging the question is. Some things you have to do because you're told to do them. He's essentially saying you have to do some things because you have to do some things. Come on, Mr. <laughs> Shea. Um, is there a technical term for the slippery slope argument? That's it. Because that's, that's Alan Gray's mother. Oh, what did she say? Alan Gray's mother got up and said that if we kids couldn't be forced to go along with Spirit Month, then we'd all start smoking, drinking, and taking drugs since we had no <laughs> sense of value. Uh, and by winning this protest, we'd be given the go-ahead to do whatever we pleased. Wow. There you go. Um, slippery slope argument from Mrs. Gray. There's got to be a straw man in here somewhere, right? That's like oh, a classic. Certainly. I think the straw man is probably Dawn here. Hey, if your kid can't obey the rules, don't blame me, the man on the right <laughs> shouted. Yeah, well, at least Jeffrey isn't a mindless robot. He can think for himself. There's your straw man. Uh, yeah, don't bring robots into this. <laughs> please don't bring please please don't bring robots into this <laughs> they have nothing to do with it's anything. complicated enough <laughs> again and suzanne you guys are great we'd love you we kiss you both um i love that you took this moment to like do like a 101 walkthrough of logical fallacies <laughs> in this nice little scene and i love and kiss you tanner for bringing it up yeah, you know, I love and kiss you because I just wanted you to have this opportunity to really flex your muscles here. Well, it felt great. Yeah. It felt great. Uh, begging the question does not mean raising the question, Baby Nation. Except language evolves, and essentially that's what it means now. Great. Which, Jack, I um, beg the question of you. Mm. Do you have anything else to discuss tonight, or should we get the fuck out of here? So you are using the conclusion you're trying to prove as the premise of your argument. And your argument is that we should get the fuck out of no, here. No, I'm I'm sorry. I'm asking I'm asking the question. Oh, I see. <laughs> yes. Um Oh, we didn't Tanner, we didn't fucking finish talking about Alan Gray. You brought him up, this wonderful like Lord of Chaos. He does a bunch of things. Every time something bad is about to happen, Alan Gray is lurking in the distance. One thing he does, everyone dresses up in yellow on color day, which is kind of what sets a lot of things off. Dawn doesn't wear yellow. She gets interviewed by the news. It turns into a big thing. Right. Alan Gray's version of wearing yellow for school spirit is he like covers himself, pins like a bunch of like yellow water balloons to himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're water balloons. They are. Later on in the book, he like, pe like, her oh, yeah. periodically He's like, like hurls picking them, them off himself and just like yeah. hurling them at people. <laughs> it's so fucking great. I love, I love the idea of like Mr. Kingbridge and the teachers of Stony Brook watching Alan Gray, known chaos stirrer, walk in just covered in water balloons. But they're like, eh, at least they're yellow. <laughs> yeah, at least they're yellow. <laughs> and it's like his way of showing school spirit. He's like, of course, Alan Gray, who's like a lord of chaos, is like into school spirit month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, if, he, if he sees any two factions butting heads, he's just like, ooh, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> like, he doesn't take a stance in this. His mom is definitely pro- school spirit yeah but, like alan doesn't give a shit he doesn't give a fuck he what alan is pro is the school spirit war right alan is pro war um tanner jack thank you for joining us this week baby nation thank you for joining us this week uh, baby nation some errands yeah that we beg of you yeah um rate review and subscribe to the podcast in itunes or in whatever ding dang podcast <laughs> thing you use 
please do it. Thank you to everybody who has, to everyone who hasn't. You can rectify your error right now by going to iTunes, pulling it up, giving us a rating and a review. It helps us to move up in the rankings, and it means the world to us. Right. And if you don't want to do that, you can go fuck yourself. The next thing (laughs) is... Go join the Baby Nation group on Facebook. Join the Facebook group. Because we have a ding-dang good time over there. No, we're saying ding-dang now, huh? (laughs) (laughs) We're all having such a blast over there, and we're all posting whatever the hell we please, unchecked and unmoderated. Yeah, it's free. No rules in there. Just right. Uh, We have Baby Nation spirit in the Baby Nation group, but not because it's mandated from on high. Right. Every month is School Spirit Month in the Baby Nation Facebook group because we're all so full of school spirit. Right. So check that out. Share this podcast with a friend. I don't care who it is. Just do it. Baby Nation. Take it away. This week we read a book called Dawn and the School Spirit War. Next week we're going to be reading a book called Claudia Kishi Live from WSTO. Okay, so W means that they are east of the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. and STO ST. means Stony Brook. I don't know what WSTO means, Tanner. Could mean anything. What we do know is that Claudia Kishi is still alive. Right. Uh, thank God for that. Were you doubting that? <laughs> well, <laughs> why reaffirm it? Claudia Kishi, <laughs> live from WSTO, where that is, we don't know. Certainly east of the Mississippi, because it's K on the west side of the Mississippi and W on the east side. Right. Right. Um, Baby Nation, this week, I've been Jack Shepard. I am, I have always been, and I continue to be America's most popular and most beloved Babysitter's Club critic, Tanner Daniel Greenring. This week, Baby Nation... Please do us a favor. Round off the corners in your bedroom. Yep. Drown all of your dolls. Call your senator and demand your right to bear time. (laughs) And don't forget to let daddy love you as much as I do, because I love and I kiss you, baby nation. And Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. And now, Baby Nation, inspired by Babysitter's Club number two, Claudia and the Phantom Phone Calls, the new single from Super Brat, Phantom Phone Call. Uh, you can get the full super single from Super Brat, which is called Super Brat's Great Idea, at superbrat.bandcamp.com. Uh, it's available for download and free streaming there, and it has two studio tracks and two live versions. Uh, And this is the first in a series of four super singles that are going to be released over the next few months. Uh, Follow Superbrat on Facebook to stay updated on new releases and upcoming shows at facebook.com slash superbrat.band. Now here's Phantom Phone Call.
That was a HeadGum Podcast.